Hey, this is Steve Patterson. Yes, the Steve Patterson. Welcome to showbizmonkeys.com. Around this town, I'm all right. You are heading on tour in a delayed way. You've had a lot of cancellations over the last... Uh, yeah, truly. Postponements, cancellations and such. And one of the reasons of the tour, even though this, this milestone has now happened two years ago... Uh, is the 40th anniversary of the release of The Cat Came Back, the album. Yes, exactly. Yeah, th- this, uh, what, what's happening now is, is not specifically the, uh, the, that part of the tour, and w- which ground to a halt in Edmonton at the Winspear Theatre two, two and a bit years ago. This is, uh, this is now festival time. I'm, I'm playing uh, in Surrey Festival, Vancouver Festival, Winnipeg Festival, and... Uh, Prior to that, a week from uh, tomorrow, uh, I'm playing in Nanaimo at the Ports Theater, and that's uh, th- that's that is specifically a Cat Came Back event. But it's all I, I mean at this point it all overlaps, <laughs> and uh, and and I have no idea what I'm doing until I'm actually on stage, and then oh, this is what I'm doing today. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, it's it's pretty crazy the way things. Sort of ground ground to a halt, and uh, we lost uh, lost a lot of dates. We got about about uh, two thirds or so of the uh, of the main tour. We got Ontario and Manitoba and Saskatchewan, and, and just a chunk of Calgary. And now we're trying to pick up some of the BC dates. But it, it, this this has been obviously a, a, a seriously challenging time for uh, for any any touring musician, and uh, you know, and I'm and I'm just trying to find what energy it, it's going to take for me at this at this point in my life to get back into this on a sporadic basis yeah like especially with the lack of music the last couple of years you know again there were some you were able to get a little bit done before things started and certainly some artists have you know had a smattering of shows last year for stretches and and this year they're trying but a lot of people are having to cancel tours mid-tour and things like that does it really make you as a performer and probably as an audience member, someone who likes to see live music too, does it make you appreciate the importance of live music even more? Sure. That, that value, I, I think as, as we were talking earlier about the technology and where all that has gone, uh, that's really inundated our lives. You know, we, we are constantly on, on some kind of device looking for some information, looking for some communication with who knows who, ordering something. I mean, it's all, it's all connected to that technology, and it's, and it's so insular that the value of being in a theater with, with, you know, a, with, with other people, how fundamental is that? I mean, that, that's when, when, I, when I started playing, you know, in, in, in the early 70s, uh, I, I played a bar in uh, in in Winnipeg on Balmoral Street called called the um, the Balmoral the Balmoral Inn, and I played the Can Can Lounge mm-hmm. in the Balmoral Inn for for three nights for twenty five dollars a night, <laughs> and I thought this is the best thing ever. You know, I all I have to do is get up and, and learn these songs, play my guitar, sit there and and interact with people human to human yeah 
and and that it, it is so organic, it is so fundamental, and it's so necessary for us as 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 people to be able to communicate with each other as you know as best we possibly can. And uh, and so I I have missed performance. I I I love being on stage. I lose you know 15 20 years when i step on a stage i'm 75 now and when i uh, when i get on a stage it's like it's like any aches and pains i may have are gone i i uh, it it's a kind of uh, it's a kind of primal therapy for me in a way you know i i can get up and i suddenly am am much more vibrant than i may have been yeah. a couple of hours before you know as i'm as i'm hobbling my way to the uh, to, to the stage so so yes the value of live performance can not in any way be underestimated um now uh you mentioned before in some of the tour some of the dates that you have coming up uh you mentioned a few festivals uh including of course the winnipeg children's festival yes uh, which is where you're from it's where i am uh, yeah. and, and born and raised and still live in. And so, yeah, I just wanted to know if you could talk a minute about uh, that festival, seeing it's from your hometown and you've seen it grow over the years, uh, the importance mm. of being involved in that festival this year. Yeah, it, exactly. It's been running for, oh golly, uh, I, I don't know, is this the 40th anniversary? It must be getting close to it. I, I think I've, I've performed there maybe three dozen times. Mm -hmm. Over over these over these many years, which is bizarre, <laughs> you know this one because that's the only it's the only festival that I've I've played or only event I, I've ever played for that that many times. It's uh, w w Winnipeg. I mean, the the international children's festival circuit started in the early eighties yeah. with with Vancouver and uh, and some of the the top acts for families across the country, including Cirque du Soleil was was oh. in, in in 1981 in Vancouver wow and uh, and so the and all of these festivals talk to each other yeah and so you know so because because you're you're bringing people in from you know exotic parts of the world from from China from Africa from Japan uh, so the the, the festival uh, um, directors Gordy Osland or Neil Rempel now, would communicate and say, okay, who, who do you have coming in? Who do you have coming in? And because of that link to the festivals across the country, uh, acts that would not have, have made it to Winnipeg, you know, now be, because of the cost, you, know, you share the cost and, and away you go. Uh, Winnipeg audiences have been introduced to some uh, unbelievably talented people. And it, it just pops the imagination of, of young and old when you see some some of these people doing what they're doing uh, so it the, the festival is is valuable from that point of view that it's, it has been a wonderful link for for a, a wholesome level of entertainment that is really critical for for the young audience especially mm -hmm. so that when you know when, when you're uh, I mean personalities formed in the first five years of life so if kids, you know, five and under or, you know, over, whatever, come to a performance and see this person who has learned this skill in, in juggling and in dancing and acrobatics, whatever, it's like, wow, your body can actually do that? And it, and it opens up a channel for that person to explore what their possibilities might be. 
you know, and, and what could be more valuable than that? You know, you, you're, we're coming together for a common goal of, of communicating again through music, through art, through dance, etc. And those moments that you share on stage will stay with the audience for, for years and years to come. Mm-hmm. Well, it's clear. I mean, it's clear listening to you. You don't even, and you don't just have the passion for the live performance, but you have a passion for like childhood musical education or just not even music. Cause you mentioned jugglers and all that, just, just the yeah. uh, childhood imagination. Where did that, yeah. where did that interest and passion for that start for you? Where did that come from? I mean, as, as a, as a child, I remember the things that were, you know, and, and always whenever questions like that are asked, I do go back or when I'm, wherever I'm writing a song, I go back to my own, uh, my own upbringing, my own childhood and remember things that were important to me, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, like Fred Penner's place. When I was uh, asked to do a series, they didn't have a concept. They, they said, what do you want to do? I thought, oh, really? I, uh, I, I don't know. How do you, how do you build a show? And, I, and so I went back to my childhood. I thought about some things that were really important to me, very, very sensitive moments, which I brought forward. The, the, the crawling through a log came from a story when I was, you know, when I was in, in Winnipeg or in Ottawa. My dad was in the army and we lived in Hull in Gatineau. And uh, and I, I I buried a chicken that I that was killed by a, a local cat, mm. and I buried it under this bush. You know, I, I remember digging a grave, putting the chicken in it, covering it up, putting a, a you know a, 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 a gravestone. But to get to that, this this is a little off topic here, but to get to that place, I had to lift up some branches and I had to crawl in. So. When I was thinking of Fred Penner's place, I thought that's it. You know, it, you have to. It's a secretive area. It's protected so that the audience feels protected as well. Right. You know, that's the whole idea. Um, much of what I what I did in my appreciation for the value of music came from my sister Susie, who was born with Down syndrome. And uh, you know, I've said this in dozens of interviews. She was so powerfully connected to music to the point of absolute delight in our tears seeing that as a young as a young teenager realizing how valuable music is how deeply it can affect her and me for that matter and then as years you know evolved people coming to me and telling me how they're how they feel my music has made a difference in their lives it's, oh, okay, that's what music is. It's not just a matter of getting up on stage and singing a couple of songs, you know, flashing some color and you're off. It's trying to make a connection that truly does go deeper than, than just the superficial of your, of your eyes and ears, seeing and hearing stuff and going into your imagination, into your brain, so that whatever you say has the potential of making a positive difference in that, life's, in that child's life. Absolutely. There's the philosophy. That's the whole philosophy, all of it. And yeah, I mean, your your show, Fred Penner's Place, definitely like had that impact on people. I uh, just want to quickly touch, go back to your story about the log and how it, you know, felt like a safe hideaway kind of thing. I never even 
realize that it absolutely had that impact watching it as, as, mm. a, as a child that like, you know, this is a place you're welcoming people in that is kind of away from whatever else might be there in the world. And yeah. it did feel like we can kind of have fun and be silly and, and sing and whatever in this place, because it is away from the city, away yeah. from, even if you weren't in the city, if you're in rural, it was in a hidden away place. And it kind of yeah. gave, even without kids realizing without me as, you know, a kid at the time realizing <laughs> it, it was this, uh, this, this sense of, of being, yeah. yeah, being, being safe. Yeah. That's, uh, that's so critical to to me and my thinking that um knowing the power of music the the value of music and and essentially everything i do is is geared around that it's making the connection uh th through a song through through a question uh and and i've been as i said validated in that direction because of people who have have stepped forward and, uh, you know, and, and shared that with me. I, you know, I never, I didn't know for a fact that that's what would happen when, you know, when the career began, mm -hmm. I did it because it, because it felt right. Because I had, I had a thread, a philosophical thread that would go back to, to that core, you know, and, uh, and I've, I, I pride myself on having been truly consistent for, 40 years in, mm -hmm. in staying with that feeling of never getting complacent on stage with, with the songs of never tiring of singing the cat came back because it's, it's a great song and, and, and the audience is asking for it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I, so I, I never say, Oh, geez, do I have to sing that again? <laughs> you know, it, it, uh, that's never in any way been, been part of my, my approach. You mentioned a little bit about people telling you later on how how it had an impact on you, and I've I've heard over the years, you know, legendary musicians, ones that I, you know, Canadian musicians that I've spoken to, Canadian musicians where I've just watched and listened to interviews, talk about how much of an impact uh, your music, your television show had on them. Me, I was a very yes. musical child, so I can just speak for myself that it yeah. had that kind of an impact on wanting to continue with music and exploring creativity and that sort of thing. Mm. Um, when you meet these people, especially people that have, you know, Juno winning musicians and things like that. And they talk to you about that impact that it had on them uh, growing up in music. How does that uh, make you feel about like the impact that you had? It's hard to describe because it's, mm. it's very, very powerful to know that, 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 that that has happened on any level in anybody's being. Um, something that my, my, my wife points out often is how people uh, react to what I do in, in, a, in a very real way is none of my business. Right. You know, uh, but, but at the same time, when I was doing the, uh, the Hear the Music album, you know, where, where, where we, we connected with, uh, with the Good Lovelies, with Tara Lightfoot, with, uh, with Ron Sexsmith, with Alex Cuba, with, with this wonderful range of really top-notch Canadian talent. And they were all gobsmacked to, <laughs> you know, to, to be part of, yeah, was the last time you heard gobsmacked? <laughs> where, <laughs> they, they were all really thrilled to be part of my, uh, of my project. Yeah. 
and uh, and and I was. Uh, and I was gobsmacked in return because right. because I I have have such great respect for for their abilities along the way. So it 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 fills me with with an absolute delight and uh, and a humility, you know, because I, I I don't again how how people react is 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 beyond my control. And and when I when I hear this from somebody that I, I truly admire, it it is I'm thankful to the max. Yeah, with that hear the music album, when you did get to work with all those people, that was just a few years ago. Uh, you also mm-hmm. worked with uh, with your children on that album. Um, yes, of course. Can you talk about? I know it's been a few years, but it's also you know the last full album that you uh, that you put together. Can you talk about that experience, especially? working for so many years, obviously you worked with some amazing children's entertainers on various projects and albums over the years, but mm-hmm. to work with, you know, contemporary artists that had grown up with you and then working with your children on this big project, how was, how was that experience? Yeah. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. Uh, uh, starting with my producer, Ken Whiteley, who uh, is one of the iconic folk uh, gospel blues guys in Canada. And we did, uh, many albums in the early part of the career. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he did, I think, four, four or five albums he produced. And uh, when the decision was made to make this album, uh, I, I talked to my, my label, Linus Music, out of uh, Hamilton area. And, uh, and, and I was thinking, who, who, who do I need to connect with to really make this happen? And because I hadn't worked with Ken for a number of years, I called him up and he immediately said, yes, absolutely. So he was uh, figuratively and literally speaking instrumental in, uh, in, in bringing uh, many of these people together. You know, uh, we, we worked in uh, Canterbury Studios in Toronto, one of the oldest, you know, main uh, full full in-house studios in 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 uh, certainly in, in that part of the world mm-hmm. anyway so he he brought he brought these elements together uh, he knows all of these musicians so he he was able to you know connect with them on a on a on another level on, on his his art his artistic um, producer level and musician level because Ken played on a lot of the uh, a lot of the songs as well so it it was uh, it was an absolutely incredible process, you know, watching these people play, playing with them. Mm-hmm. Um, we 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 did some uh, some remote connections we, we, with the good lovelies. We, we they weren't able to come into the studio, so we went into their place and set up the microphones and did that, you know. So it was a very complicated um, series of, of of events that 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 brought us together working with my kids they've they've performed on many of my albums over the years but this one was probably the most the most intense um a lot of the songs on hear the music were a, a little bit deeper than some of the some of the tunes like uh, singing about courage and singing about humility uh the the forms we're, we're getting more sophisticated, you know, as, mm. as I, as I grow age, create, uh, my musical ability is, is getting better. And, and I'm looking forward to whatever this next project 
might be, you know, and taking it to a, to another another level. Because I've I've never thought of myself solely as a children's entertainer. Right. It's you know it's it's family entertainer, music for the whole family to enjoy, and and that was one of the um, mandates for doing here the music was parents should be able to put this album on without the kids around. Right. You know, exactly. they, they can sing together or do that. And there's some really beautiful uh, music on this album. I'm so, so proud and pleased, pleased with it. I was happy to be able to come to Winnipeg and, uh, and, and do the recording of, uh, of the kids' voices at uh, Paintbox. All the pieces came together. We, we had more artists than, than we, we could actually use who wanted to be part of it. Yeah. So, so if I do another, another album, it may, it may go into a collaborative zone as well. You've got people waiting. But yeah, 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 right. They're lining up in the, uh, in the back there. I, I just did a, a project recently with Five Alarm Funk. Uh, yes, we, I think we, I remember we, seeing that, yeah. Yeah, we, we've been talking over, over the years. You know, I, I've met the guys before. So they, they did a, a track of uh, The Cat Came Back, you know, with, with much variation. And, and I wrote new lyrics because there, it, it wasn't strictly The Cat Came Back. But then I, it became The Band Came Back. Right. Right. And anyway, so we, we've, uh, we've been doing that. We may be working on, on a video for that at some point. Uh, but, you know, knowing that 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 generation you know who are now in their 30s 40s who grew up with me and they are they still find their that penner has a cool factor and uh, and they're and they're prepared to step up and 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 be with me uh it's the the best thing ever when you yeah when you mentioned that these newer songs have this like you wanted them to be family songs not necessarily children's songs that that brought me back to even some of the music that you did have on that first album and many albums since then. But like, uh, yeah, they weren't necessarily children's songs. These were some of no. these were like old tunes that lots of people had been set, like Ghost Riders in the Sky. Yeah. I mean, that's a dark exactly. song in, in, yeah. in essence, but it's <laughs> it works for children, too. And like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So like you've had that those elements all those years. And I think that's part of the reason why some of those songs have stayed with people through their childhood, which is might've been when they first heard them, but into their adulthood and beyond and then sharing them with their kids. Because yeah, like you said, they're not children's songs. They're not just songs yeah. that someone, you know, five years old would enjoy and then stop at six. <laughs> yeah. And, and the majority are, are not simplistic. Yeah. You know, they, they, uh, they, there's, I mean, there's, there's fun songs that yeah. I've done songs that you would consider, you know, to be specifically children's, children's tunes but i uh but i i always try and balance that with with something that that does go deeper that that does connect with with parents you know as much as the kids and and it it's it's just part of my uh my need as a musician you know because i i i have a, a pretty good complexity in my ability you know, I'm 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 not a three chord guy. Mm -hmm. I, I go I go into the 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 minor sevenths, the diminished, the augmented chords. You know, I I know my instrument, mm -hmm. and I want to you know just just for my own benefit bring that forward. So uh, you know, songs like Happy Feet, you know, a few albums in, that's one of the most complex songs I've ever played. 
you know, it's, uh, it, and, and it's so gratifying to be able to, to bring that actually. And I, and I do that song on the, uh, on the cat came back tour. I throw that one in mm-hmm. with some, with some video component as well. But uh, I love the complexity of, of my ability and of my career, you know, the, the, the many directions that it's taken along the way and, and, uh, and then the people who have been supportive, it's unbelievable. Well, and children can handle complex music. Children can understand Bingo. it. Children, children can, can learn from it. And, and yeah. that will probably get them more interested in music and creativity than, a you know, there's obviously a place for like a simple simple tune even as adults there's a place for that but uh yeah truly but but it, from an educational standpoint it certainly uh, ups the game a little bit i think yeah i i think so yeah children are are a are, are sponges that's that's the phrase they they learn by observing and imitating mm-hmm. so if you if you give them uh, complexity then they will start to think in that in those terms there's a there's a story about a uh, bird song, and they they did an experiment once upon a time where where, where they they uh, followed a particular bird in in a very closed environment. There were there was not much outside influence, and the bird developed its song. You know the tweet 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 whatever it is, and then they they had the same bird in an environment with many other birds you know, singing their songs and the, the original bird suddenly had some complexity to it. It would go tweet, 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 instead of the, the, you know, the, the ingrained, you know, original song, you know, so it's, I, I mean, that's what, that's what life is all about. It's you interact with, with the things that have, have interest to you and it will build your, your life complexity and your life perspective in whatever discipline you're in. So just be engaged and grow and feel and, you know, explore, find, discover. All of that is so vital. And music is, is clearly uh, a way to do that. Even before uh, this interview was arranged, I was seeing ads popping up for this new project, uh, Route 90 Sessions, where you're talking to other musicians and, and, yeah. and that kind of thing. Can you talk a little bit about that that process of, of working on that and getting to sure. chat music with other musicians? Yeah, it's uh, I, I mean that whole evolution of that is is interesting. The the kingpin on that, his name is Tanner Gruinsky, and uh, and Tanner worked for for Midcan uh, with folks over there. He's he's uh, he's a drone operator, a cameraman, a director. A producer now. He's uh, he's and he's a young man. He's in his you know mid mid thirties, and his mother Christine Gruinsky worked at an elementary school, Princess Margaret School in in Elmwood. And uh, when when I was doing my my second album, I I called her in, or I I met her along the way, and 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 I used her children in 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 the class. As as the young voices in my on on a couple of my albums, mm-hmm. so I've known Chris forever. I I knew Tanner when he was born. Yeah. So I've you know I've watched him all the way through, and for him to come to me now and say I'm working on this project or I've got this idea for a project called the Route 90 Sessions, 
where you interview musicians, people. And, uh, and I, I, I was really, how are we going to do this? Because it was still, you know, pandemic time and it still is. You know, we, we, we thought, well, can we do this remotely? Can I, you know, just get into a zoom call? And it was, well, no, that that's, that's not going to work really because, because that kind of interview is is more intimate it's more important to be face to face yeah anyway so we we went through lots of discussion ultimately it came down to i was there uh last september and uh and we got into the midcan studios uh beautiful crew everybody was just dynamite in in bringing it together and then and we had our list of performers and oh i uh people i i know from al simmons al simmons begonia William Prince, Sierra Noble, um, the brothers Landreth, and 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 the and the other, and J.P. Ho, hmm. you know, iconic players in Winnipeg, and you know internationally. I mean, those are those are some of just really top notch people, mm-hmm. and, and and to sit down and talk to them as as a uh, as a friend. But as as a comrade, you know, in in this journey of music, uh, I I love doing it. I and and the one of the biggest reasons that I enjoyed it, it wasn't about me, <laughs> right? You know, it was about them. Yeah. And and I I mean I I I know me. I've talked about me, me 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 me. Look <laughs> at me and all of for for all these all these years, and and it it gets tiring, you know, I mean, I, <laughs> Sorry about I that. know, you know, I, I know, I know what I do. I know how I do it. I'm, I'm relatively articulate. I can put a good sentence together. I can get philosophical, but to be able to do that with these people was just fabulous. I, I delighted in that to the max uh, with, I think three or four, we actually got to tears in the course of the conversation. You know, and it was you know wasn't wasn't intended. Yeah, but it but it came from the heart because this is not an easy gig. Mm-hmm. Doing this, having whatever talent it is, you know, particularly musically, and trying to make a living out of that, you know, and then you're into the into managers, you're into you know the PR, into the shameless self promotion. It's it's not an easy gig in any way, shape, or form. And, uh, and, and they're all trying to do it and, um, and are doing it. You know, w- William, since, I mean, uh, since that interview, oh, my goodness, he's gone <laughs> crazy. The, the Brothers Landreth are releasing a new album soon. The Route 90 Sessions was absolutely an incredible experience. And I possibly, you know, we may be talking about doing some more. Mm-hmm.